everyone, and welcome back to the Hobo Singa podcast. My name is Crystal Cedino, and I'm the Training and Development Specialist for the Native Learning Center. Hope you guys are doing well in these tough times. With us today, I've got... Wilma Noah. I'm also the Training and Development Specialist at the Native Learning Center. We're glad you can join us today. With us, we have a special guest. Vince Franco, speaking on COVID-19 notice from HUD, ONAP. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Vince, and kick it off. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Wilma. Vince Franco here, Compliance and Resource Development Director for the Native Learning Center. And what I have for you for the next few minutes is an update on the coronavirus, COVID-19, and HUD slash ONAP frequently asked questions. Now, there are all kinds of questions that came out in this March 30th announcement from HUD ONAP. And I'm just going to touch on the highlights because it's a 13-page document. And if you want to look at the full document, of course, you can go to HUD. You can go to Code Talk on HUD. You can also go to the Native Learning Center because it's been posted on social media several times. But it's a lengthy document. So what I want to try to do is highlight uh, uh, just a few very, very important sections of this update. It's titled HUD ONAP COVID-19 FAQs for Tribes and Tribally Designated Housing Entities, TDHEs. Second FAQ submitted March 30th, 2020. It goes over four different areas. It goes over what's called the F area, which is emergency funding. K area, which is key COVID-19 information resources. I'm not going to go into that because those are several links which you can find on different things, how to deal with uh, the pandemic, how to deal with isolation and all the things that are coming with COVID-19 and health issues. The next section, the third section is what they refer to R, which is reporting extensions and waivers, very important for us that manage federal funding. And the last one is emergency operations and tribal policies by program. Not going to get into that too much because it goes into a slew of different programs. And I'm pretty much going to focus primarily for the next few minutes on the Indian Housing Block Grant, IHBG, as a specific program, but also talk about some of the generalities that are in this, in this notice. So to start with, in Section 1, Emergency Funding, Emergency ONAP Funding, the first question here is HUD going to make extra funding available to tribes and TDHEs to cover the cost of extraordinary costs that may have been incurred during the crisis? Very good question. And just a heads up before I get into the written answer that's here, please know that things are changing weekly, they're changing daily. So this is something we all need to stay on top of as staff managers and as just the staff in general and managers of federal programs. We need to stay on top of what HUD is doing, what ONAP is doing, and what's happening with OMB. All the agencies are out there and what's happening out of the White House and uh, CDC, etc. So what I'm going to give you is based on answers that are accumulated as of March 27th. 2020, knowing that some of these things may have changed. But the big issue on March 27th is that the President of the United States signed into law the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. It's known as the CARES Act, C-A-R-E-S is the acronym 
the CARES Act, which includes more than $2 trillion to alleviate some of the worst effects of coronavirus disease. Now, of course, this goes, that $2 trillion allocation, greatest in history, goes to a variety of different industries in the United States, uh, manufacturers, healthcare facilities, education. We're going to focus here on what's happening with HUD. So it's not $2 trillion we're talking about. It goes on to say here, of that $2 trillion total, $200 million of it is included in the Indian Housing Block Grant, IHBG, which is great news. And $100 million is included in the ICDBG, uh, the Indian Community Development Block Grant Program. So I want to bring that to your attention. I'm just going to kind of move through here and bring out information that's spelled out in writing to the best of my ability. And I'll also my paraphrase some information to get the gist of the information out to you. It goes on to say $200 million included in the IHBG program will be distributed as quickly as possible to TDHEs and tribal entities according to the same, this is important, according to the same funding formula that's used to award your normal IHBG formula. There is a very complicated process that's used to calculate that formula. They're going to rely that the Treasury Department and the federal government in particular is going to rely on that formula to disperse or to calculate and disperse these additional funds that are coming up. It goes on to say funding is intended for activities and projects designed to prevent, prepare for, and respond to COVID-19 and maintain, this is important, maintain operations impacted by COVID-19. That is your facility, your operation, your staff, your payroll, your program. All of those things are within your operation and they would be impacted. They have been, if you're like us, they've been impacted by COVID-19 and this money that's been freed up is to help mitigate some of those problems that you're going through. The $100 million included for the ICDBG program can be used for emergencies that constitute eminent threat to health and safety. It goes on to say HUD intends to pub, this is very, very important and something we need to all watch for because I don't think it's been released just yet. HUD intends to publish an implementation schedule, implementation notice as it's called in this this notice in the very near future. Remember, this came out March 30th, so it's just a couple days ago. So, uh, in the near future, that provides tribes and TDHEs with guidance on how to apply for this funding. I'm hoping that the application process, as it alludes to in the earlier paragraph, is based on formula and not on the application process. An application process would be like a competitive grant, where the formula is more of the entitlement process. So I'm hoping, as it alludes to earlier in this document, that it's more based on formula than it is on competition, and that would make sense. And they talk about they might issue waivers, alternative requirements of statutory and regulatory provisions to facilitate the use of these funds to help address COVID-19. So I wanted to bring that to your attention. I'm going to skip over to question three here. This is on reporting extensions and waivers, federal and program. The question is, number one here under this subcategory, our tribe or TDHE determined that given to the extent of the outbreak in our area, 
and the impact of our staff, we may have significant uh, disruptions in regular services, including the Indian Housing Plan, IHP, and the Annual Performance Report, the APR. And those, as you probably know, are due on their very rigid schedule on when those reports are due at the beginning of the year and, and then at the end of the year, respectively. Uh, it goes on to say, and other required documents, can HUD grant any relief on these regulatory requirements? The answer here, part of the answer is, it says here in writing, HUD may waive the Indian Housing IHP requirements for a period of up to 90 days beyond the IHP submission due date when the IHP recipient, if the IHBG recipient cannot comply with the IHP requirements due to extringent circumstances beyond the recipient's control. There's a couple of things here. One is if things are circumstances are beyond your control and you can document that fact, perhaps you've got an idle facility, an idle capacity because no one's in the office, everyone's working remotely and only certain things can be done, that is idle capacity. So that would fall into this requirement. And secondly, there's a sense of urgency here because some TDHEs and tribal entities have fiscal years that are other than a calendar year. Some of them have fiscal years ending June 30th of 2000, coming right around the corner, and others have a September 30th, so we have a little more time there. I think regardless of when your fiscal year ends, it looks like HUD may be giving a blanket, if I'm reading this correctly, a blanket 90-day uh, extension. But we want to watch for specific notices on that that pertain to the IHP and APR. This is saying HUD may waive those requirements up to 90 days, which would be excellent. Another one is what are HUD's procurement policies to meet response needs during the time, specialized cleaning, for example. The answer is federal regulations within 2 CFR Part 200-320F permit tribe or TDHEs to procure from single source through non-competitive proposal. The single source is also known as the sole source when you're using one vendor. And it goes on to say, a tribe or TDHE can solicit a proposal from one source usually only when one or more of the following circumstances apply. One, an item is available only from one source. Two, there's a public emergency, such as what we're going through right now. And because of that, there could be a delay in receiving solicitations, competitive solicitations, let alone the product or service itself. Third, that HUD expressively authorizes a non-competitive proposals. And I think that's kind of where this is, is moving to. HUD is giving permission to a certain extent to be able to use sole source process for getting goods and services. And the last one is competition is determined to be inadequate after solicitation of a number of sources. The next one I want to bring to your attention. So, so just to recap that real quickly before I move on, it's very important because sole source is usually something that you reserve for worst case scenario. But what we're saying here, what this is saying here is HUD is moving into the direction of allowing us to use sole source as a way to solicit for uh, goods and services. Next question is, if IHBG maintenance staff are working in units, can we provide them with masks, safety suits, and other protective equipment? I think the answer here is probably obvious. Um, IH, the answer is here in writing, IHBG funds may be used to purchase personal protective equipment, also known as PPEs, 
to allow tribal and TDHE staff to carry out their necessary duties under the program. I don't think that statement differs at all from what's contained in the 2 CFR Part 200. If you go into that the super circular and you go into subpart E, allowable cost, you'll find that those kind of costs for equipment, personal protective equipment and doing the normal routine, normal job are allowable. I think they're stating the obvious here that those are allowable costs. I'm going to move on. Another one is, can a tribe or TDHE submit a model activity approval request to HUD to help address COVID-19? The short answer is yes. The long answer I won't go into, but there are certain things you want to take in consideration. One is, and it, goes, it says right here, HUD encourages tribes and TDHEs to develop creative ways to use their formula IHBG, their regular, quote-unquote, regular IHBG funds to help protect residents and tribal communities from COVID-19. So in a way, they're saying, yes, you could become a model activities program. You'd have to be very, very creative. And in this case, and what's coming out with this notice, if it's related to COVID-19, they're asking you to be creative with what you're doing as long as it relates to the, you know, to the prevention of, to the cure of, to the working with um, the safety and health of your recipients as it relates to COVID-19. One more question here. We have to reduce the essential personnel, unfortunately. Sometimes a layoff, sometimes a furlough situation. Many of our staff are currently on administrative or emergency leave. Can we use IHBG funds to continue to pay their salaries and expenses while they are forced to stay home? If so, under what expense category or activity do we charge our IHBG grant? If these costs are considered administrative costs, we may find ourselves exceeding our 20% administrative expense cap. The short answer here, relatively short, is it says tribes and TDHEs can continue to pay the salaries and expenses of their staff that have to stay home during this crisis if the respective tribe or TDHE's policies, again, here we are with policies, provide for paid leave under unexpected, extraordinary, and emergency circumstances. Tribes and TDHEs must document such cost in their records. And hopefully you've been doing this all along because you've been paying salaries and fringe benefits as part of the TDHE or tribal entities programs and procedures. And hopefully you've got documentation. This is no different. It's an emergency situation. It might be a tribal emergency uh, shutdown across all reservations, that's fine. As long as you document that fact that it's an emergency situation, yes, it, it does indeed look as if those salaries and expenses are payable under IHBG funds, which is wonderful news. And I don't think that's anything different than uh, what's already contained in the in the 2CFR Part 200 Super Circular. So I just wanted to bring those, those few areas. There's a lot more. I would suggest that you go on to thenativelearningcenter.com, and you can see some of the social media posts that have been put out by our marketing coordinator over the past several weeks that talk about COVID-19 um, and all the parameters within it. also talks about what's happening with the Seminole Tribe of Florida and how they're reacting to different things. But I would suggest you do that. If you do have any questions, you can also reach out to me by email and I'll be more than glad to try to answer your question or send it off to the people who can answer it for you. My email 
And that's the best way to get a hold of me. But my email is my full name, Vincent Franco, V-I-N-C-E-N-T-F-R-A-N-C-O at semtribe.com. That's S-E-M-T-R-I-B-E.com. You can reach out by email. That's the best way to get a hold of me, and I'll do my utmost best to, to get you an answer. So that's all I have. I'm going to turn everything back over to Crystal. Thank you so much, Ben. Um, I really do appreciate you hopping on here and providing Indian Country more information <laughs> during these hard times. So thank my you. My pleasure. All right. Well, guys, if you want to get in contact with Wilma or myself, my email address is Crystal Sedino at semtribe.com. So K R Y S T A L C E D E N O at S E M T R I B E.com. And mine is Wilma Noah at semtribe.com. That's W I L M A N O A H at semtribe.com. And thank you guys so much. We all hope that you guys are being as safe and um, healthy as possible and staying indoors. Thank you for all of our essential workers that are working within tribal communities and outside. We really do appreciate it. And we hope this podcast was helpful. So catch you on the next one. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye.